Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Comfort Free Conversations, and we're here to undo everything you think you know. Okay, welcome to another episode of Comfort Free Conversations. Today we have our lovely guest, Margaret O'Connor. How you doing, Margaret? Oh, I'm doing real good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it's really, it's been really great to get such uh, dynamic guests. Like I feel that we've covered a lot of bases, a lot of different personality types and perspectives, which is really at the heart of what Comfort Free aims to do. So I'm really excited to welcome you on the show. So for those listening right now, Margaret is an author. Um, she is, I believe you're from the Catholic Church, am I correct? Uh, I belong. I'm a member of the Catholic Church. Yes. Yes. So so she's written a book. Um, would you like to tell the audience about the book you've written? Sure. It's called Scandal in the Shadows, the original priest, Mother Mary. And that's right. You're hearing me right. Mary, Mother of God, was actually a woman priest. And the purpose of the book is to let any Catholic or Christian see the Catholic Church from a completely different perspective. Um, we just never heard of this fact. We've only been told that definitively there never were woman priests, let alone woman bishops, woman deacons. And now to know that we have Mary priest, um, it, I'm excited as a Catholic because this is just it is it's it's groundbreaking but in the same sense it's very sad because with this realization this wonderful realization of mary's role comes the awful realization that you as a woman whether it's myself or any of the listeners if you happen to be catholic that you have been lied to by your church Mm, so, so kind of all right, just repeating back. So first, she has this awesome book, definitely check out her book, I think, from what I've heard about it. Um, and what I've seen about it, it it is unpacking a, a dark history of the Catholic Church, trying to cover up the agency of women, right, and how they they were really a central role, and and something that could be viewed as an apostle, as you, I think we talked about earlier. So that's great. So what I hear you saying is that women, women have been covered up and 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 discarded and and viewed as only meant to serve. And as you unpack this, you're uncovering a dark history of may, what may have happened in the church in the past that we oh, have... oh definitely it involves a centuries-old scandal of lies deceit and cover-up and it is a dark history because it's that particular part of early church history i always wondered why isn't the church acknowledging its own church history well mm. within that early past church history of our church this was the period that you did find woman priests, woman bishops, and woman deacons. Wow. That's 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 interesting because this is this is news to me. Okay, so I am Christian, right? And this is something that I welcome my audience to know. And any guest that comes on my show, they're welcome to communicate what background they come from. They can be atheist, they can be pantheist, Catholic, whatever denomination. Um I believe that 
we should bring all of ourselves to the table. We shouldn't leave bits and pieces. So I'm not familiar with all of the principles of the Catholic Church. So um, you're you're informing me and my audience a little bit about some of the norms, right? Um, so before we really hop into uh, what how the church has wronged women, let's what are the norms? What are the rules and regulations in place in the Catholic Church that allow that? Like what is considered normal, right? Which is also oppressive, if that makes sense. Uh, yes. Uh, in relationship to women, what is normal is that uh, we are seen as being not equal with any um, male in the church. And yet, isn't it ironic as babies, baby girls, baby boys, we were as well both baptized the exact same way. And yet uh, a man miraculously, when he becomes of age and he, if he does receive a call from God to become a priest, uh, I know this sounds sarcastic, but I mean, everything is hunky-dory. But yet for a woman, when she gets that same call, well, uh, if you're in the Catholic Church, you know, as a woman, uh, it, it is, it's a dead end. And uh, in my book somewhere, I, I think I mentioned the dead end uh, road, uh, canon law road. And what is normal is that uh, the early church fathers from the very beginning had some very perverse ideas. And the problem is they saw a woman as being not equal, not made in Jesus's uh, image. Okay. We were sinners. We were unclean. And I'm referring to the, uh, that time of the month. Mm -hmm. And they just took these views to a perverse level. And from that point, they were so disgusted by the middle age that these church fathers decided how are we going to remove women from these religious, uh, you know, positions they have as priests, whatever. And they were really crafty. They initiated this new canon law, which mm -hmm. of course wasn't in existence when Jesus was around. And they had this caveat that if you were a woman, whether it be a priest, deacon, or bishop, you no longer now were allowed to be on the church altar and uh they I, they sort of reasoned that away because women being uh unclean uh being sinners being not made in the image of god we don't want these uh, types of you know women up on the the holy altar wow but so it was really despicable you know how they basically um ended that for women wow so I had a previous episode, um, Margaret, it was called, Is God Angry, Sexist, Racist, and Violent? And so in that, one of the things we touched on, you know, that a popular subject is always going to be that God is sexist, right? And so uh, just as you're saying, you know, doing some history, uncovering what the Bible actually says about women, right? You go back to Genesis, and, and this is something I've been talking about a lot lately, um, there's a word that triggers a lot of women and it's the term help meet help M E E T. Right. And, and as you're saying, I think men have taken it out of context to mean, um, 
to mean servant or or secretary right like de minimizing and diminishing the value that women have to offer but when you look at the bible and what it says um what the the word the only other time that the word is found in the bible is actually to describe uh the way that david describes god when god is doing something that he can't right and so it's it's formed and shaped as to say like God, you're capable of what I am not capable of in a kind of miraculous way, right? So it's it's really like you we are two peas in a pod, right? We're we're equal in stature, not not that women are meant to be subservient, right? So I think uh, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. That's like right in the that makes a lot of sense and it seems that a lot of men have abused and manipulated the scriptures to to take away power from women that that it didn't intend oh definitely that's so interesting what you're saying because there's five specific biblical reasons that the catholic church will give as explicit reasons why any woman in our church can't become uh, a woman priest and the first one is that uh, the men back in the early church believe that women were not made in God's image. Wow. In other words, they did have sovereignty over women. And unfortunately, so many times saw them as nothing. So my God, how could this in their view, how could this God ever make these, you know, woman people of nothing really uh, in his image. And then they also uh, believe from uh, Paul, there's the teaching that a uh, woman shouldn't uh, ever teach in the church. And it's ironic that they found back then that there was actually a, a, a cultural, um, these are all um, cultural prejudice, but there was a common law back then. And it felt that women due to their uh, weak intellect and their emotional instability, well, these were definitely um, uh, not proper candidates, man, God, how could these women be out in the public teaching? You know, you don't know what's going to happen with their mental uh, problems and their emotional problems. And then as well, that a woman were believed to uh, carry the punishment for Eve's sin. And we all know, of course, it was uh, Eve was uh, the number one instigator, you know, the problem of all this. But seriously, you know, you go back into Genesis and it's definitely, it's, it's cultural prejudice. And then of course, the belief that as soon as Jesus named only the 12 male apostles, mm -hmm. that was assumed to mean that right from that point, Jesus didn't want them to be priests then or as well uh, into the future. And again, this is uh, cultural prejudice. But if you really looked into the ancient uh, Israel culture, it was very patristic in nature. And I think Jesus, I mean, out of common sense, he just knew there was no way that uh, he was going to name 12 women <laughs> to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, he would be chased off of some cliff. And then... <laughs> Yeah. And lastly, uh, the idea, because obviously Jesus was a male, mm -hmm. that we have to have a male only up 
on the altar at the time of uh, consecration, the Eucharistic celebration. And all of these five uh, reasons are found through biblical research again um, to be purely uh, cultural uh, bias. So my question is, why isn't the Catholic Church hierarchy, why haven't they ever made some type of a new pronouncement uh, saying that, well, you know, we were wrong. These aren't in fact all biblically, uh, it's more cultural prejudice. And of course there's um, sadly just complete silence. Mm, wow. You know, it's interesting going first off a couple things you were saying, you were talking about uh, the 12 apostles. And so I think an interesting figure that you mentioned was Mary Magdalene, right? And her role, right? We, we kind of have discarded her role, but it makes so much sense to me, as you're saying, to consider someone like Mary Magdalene who was touched by Jesus in the very same way that the people who were named disciples were. And then she was radically dedicated to his service after from then point on in the same way that I would view an apostle. And, and you know, the interesting thing is when uh, Jesus rose from the tomb, the first people to have witnessed it were Mary Magdalene and was it was it both it, I don't remember the other one but I know for a fact that Mary Magdalene was one of the people who went to the tomb and realized that he wasn't there and the angel met them there it's very interesting yes. that we don't consider that something that an apostle would be trustworthy with like you know to mark her as this apost apostolic figure as you're saying Oh, definitely. And I mean, considering the event that occurred and Jesus has risen, what more important, uh, you know, information and, you know, Jesus gave her that commission to go out. And of course, what happened is when she got back to wherever the other male apostles were staying, they, of course, thought she was crazy. Hmm. They, they wouldn't believe it until they themselves physically went out, you know, and went um, to the tomb. But Talking about apostles, um, I think we've all so many in the Catholic Church, we hear the one story of Jesus definitely picking the 12 apostles. But there was a lady that did biblical research, Ida Ramming, and there's a term called the concept of apostleship. And what that means is who was an apostle? It could be anyone sent out by a community divinely and solemnly or by the risen one himself. So then when you look into the new biblical research, it's not only the name of Mary uh, Magdala as an apostle, you have um, Susanna, you have the woman at uh, the tomb, you have Junia who for years uh, was referred to as a male apostle until the you know the research find, found otherwise, and then there was Nino, but it, it does make sense and to think of it, these apostles, woman apostles, were out on the same roads as you know the the male apostles, and they had their own ministry, uh, and sadly again here's a whole other arena aside from like the woman priests, bishops, deacons. You had woman apostles, and yet it's like this is just uh, has unfortunately their history has been 
completely discarded and you don't hear it in the lectionary. And, and I really believe that's a whole major component to this issue mm. because women aren't familiar. How can they be familiar with any of this if <clears throat> this information uh, is not out there? Wow. Yeah, that's really, that's really good. That, so that the, on the same streets, the same journeys that we see Apostle Paul taking and all of that, we're, there, are, there are these hidden stories that have been covered up of the same things that women were doing in such that same way. And it makes me, you know, um, Jesus being born by a woman, right? For Jesus to have walked and not violated the rules of earth, right? Which are that, that in order for a man to walk around, he must be birthed from the canal of a woman, right? And in order for him to do that in such a way that he honored that, he had to do it through a woman. And so it reminds me of conversations we had previously when you mentioned the role of Mary and how that's been perverted, right? to a standard that women can't achieve, right? No one can be Mary, like to deify her in such a way that she wasn't human, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and that we can't relate to that level of trust, right? Like that God would trust a woman in such a way unless she was a deity. I, it, that's kind of the picture that was painted for me. Did you, do you want to speak more on that? It, it It's just so... I've used sad how many times I have trying to think of a, another word that um, there's just been such a perversion of, of seeing women as being so worthless and uh, so uh, they were referred to in such derogatory terms. And then Mary herself was uh, apart from any other woman, which is fine and dandy. But again, she was up on that pedestal. And I know myself, I personally had trouble relating to her because she was so perfect. Mm. And that's why, I mean, for my own faith life, I, you know, not speaking for any of the other women out there, but if they could, you know, just try to imagine what this would mean to, to have Mary, mother of God, as, as being the role model for any woman today in our church, you're seeing this whole other side of uh, Mother Mary as Mary Priest. And she was out there again, just like the apostles on the different roads. She had her own ministry. She really knew what life was about because before she even had this ministry, she was poor and she had to lug the jugs of water. You don't know how far she had to walk. And Let's face it, for any of the, the women out there, it was like a, a half a day as chores to, you know, go out and uh, get the food, get it prepared. It, it was a hard life. And uh, I, it, if we can realize, I, I like to see her now as an everyday woman. And awesome. um, it, it just, I think it brings su such new, um, a new breath, a new excitement to, to our Catholic faith. And especially for any young girl um, as well now to see, to, to finally find out that, yes, Mary, mother of God, was a woman priest. And um, I know I didn't mention this to you, but back in 1903, there was a, a Pope Leo XIII, mm -hmm. and he received a painting of Mary in priestly garb. 
and Rome, Rome did allow back then, that was fine. You could, you know, he could hang that painting. That was 1903. We go ahead to 1913 and things are starting to change. Now it's no longer admissible to hang a painting of Mary Priest. Wow. And then we jump forward to 1927. And this is when um, Mary's title, uh, aside from being called Mary Priest, she was the model for all priesthood in the Catholic Church. And in 1927, the church hierarchy took that title away from Mary Priest. So right away, I was wondering, I mean, seriously, what are these, these I call them so-called men of God, what are they thinking of taking this title uh, away from Mary Priest? And, you know, it was the way they did it. They were talking to some Roman newspaper man that uh, was in charge of running the article that they wanted with some brief, brief explanation about it. Mm. And this Roman uh, official is talking to the newspaper man and he's telling him basically, oh, we were pleased the way you handled this question. And it is so good that this question be put asleep. Well, this question is Mother Mary of God, Jesus's mother, and they're referring to her as some type of an object. Um, I personally found that very disrespectful. Wow. And I, and I have a petition in my book at yourradicaltruth.com. And I do ask uh, Pope Francis to uh, consider bringing back the title of Mary Priest as uh, her name, as well as the title uh, that she was the model for all priesthood in the Catholic Church. Wow, that's that's powerful. Um, and, and I think something that you mentioned um, before um, when we talked, when you were talking about how women have been domesticated to agree with this. Like you said, you faced a lot of trouble with the Catholic Catholic woman community trying to free them from this idea that, first off, Mary was just like you. Mary was just like you living a normal life, and, and she was chosen to do this very important task, but she was no special deity she was just like us right and and to empower them mm -hmm. in such that way and this was some, you, something you were saying that they refuse right oh yeah it's like um unfortunately within the catholic church uh not now but like even when i grew up in the 50s there was mm -hmm. a term called pray and obey and you just knew you wouldn't question your pastor let alone whatever rome was up to so, uh, I mean, it was great for the hierarchy. No one was ever bothering them or looking into uh, what they were doing. But as well, uh, I really feel it, it created a sort of apathy within our Catholic Church because the laity knew that you never questioned uh, anything. And of course, you're, you're wondering, well, who is she? I'm out now. <laughs> and, I'm, and to me, I laugh because considering like what I grew up with, and I, I would never consider at this point in my life that I would be out 
uh, publicly, let alone privately, thinking of questioning the, uh, the hierarchy of our church. Mm. But when I see, I mean, seriously, did Jesus denigrate woman? Did Jesus say they weren't made in his image? There's all these um, truths from Jesus, and then you compare that to what the hierarchy um, should be doing and they aren't doing. And I just want the um, listeners to know that if you're a Catholic, uh, Vatican II, under the section on the laity, it says that the laity has every right to speak out on issues of importance. So I'm not breaking the law. You would not uh, be breaking the law. But I want you to realize on top of the awful betrayal of your own trust, uh, what do I mean by your church hierarchy having a deliberate calculated cover-up mm -hmm. back in 1976 of course that isn't too far considering 2000 years of church history the pope has his own commission and this pontifical biblical commission was looking into the question of woman priest in the catholic church the okay. findings were there is absolutely no reason and these were biblical findings that woman cannot become priest in the Catholic Church. So what have they done? They have completely sat on this information. Okay, that was 76, go back to 1974. And ironically, back then, they were looking into the question of woman deacons. And um, most of us probably remember just back in 2016, Mm -hmm. uh, Pope Francis started this new uh, commission to look into that very question. And uh, um, sadly, that's gone nowhere. But let's go back to the 74 findings. And this was really interesting. Again, if you go back into the uh, biblical research, there were three uh, Greek uh, studies, and they were like all in one in the sense that they all agreed uh, whether it was a man or a woman, they were on the altar. They were in the presence of a bishop who laid hands on them while he was officiating over them in prayer. And then he uh, a stole would be placed around each of their necks. They each received the cup to drink from. And women were called back then woman deaconesses. So here again, we know now, yes, there were women deacons, there were women priests. And what has this hierarchy of our church done? Mm. They've completely kept this quiet. They've sat on it. So and then um, there was a council called Vatican II. And I thought this was pretty exciting. There was a Pope, John the 23rd. And he wanted to literally open the windows of the church. And he believed it was time that the church really uh, see the signs of the times. Mm -hmm. And there's different councils in there. And this one council, uh, the Constitution on the Church in the Modern World, uh, Article 29 was very specific. 
and it was to end any type of discrimination in the Catholic Church. Wow. Well, hello, uh, women's <laughs> discrimination. Um, so this you... is just, I mean, it's deliberate. There's all these avenues, if they would have been uh, open to present this material and obviously move on it and make the needed changes, we would have women in our church today. And when you think of it, with the awful priest shortage, having mm -hmm. women priests today would be some type of a beginning to right. uh, shore up that the rankings, you know, the numbers of the, sh the awful shortage there. Yeah, and so, so just to sum up what we've talked about so far. So you have this women apostles and women leaders who were prevalent in the church. And so then from there, you know, we can view people like Mary Magdalene as not just some servant, but really another apostolic figure, just like the, the 12. And so then later, you said the men kind of got fed up with this and they wanted control and power. So they wrote a law, a ruling that women were unclean and not fit to be leaders. And so what you're saying is what you're posing is that from that point, the that we forgot our church history and the origin of how women really participated. And we somehow summarized it as well, women aren't fit to lead, they're not made in the image of God, men were the ones that were created to lead. Right? Yeah, because those five biblical reasons. Uh, yeah, were definite reasons to to exclude woman. But the thing that I really believe is is it just isn't right is when this uh, research shows this actual truth. We're not surmising now, you know, were there women priests, whatever. Yes, there were. We have all this evidence. Right. And yet the hierarchy, um, they're in the driver's seat when you think of it. No one is ever challenging them or really making them accountable for what they do, or in this case, what they haven't done. And if there's any listeners out there, especially the millennials, this is your time. If you're in the Catholic Church, believe me, you are desperately needed if you want to bring a new light, a new breath into our church, uh, maybe for your children, or, you know, you, you just have had it with the, the awful hypocrisy, and in this case, the awful lies and cover-up and deceit, um, this is your chance to get involved. Mm. And there are so many different Catholic organizations. There's Call to Action, there's Future Church, uh, Women's Ordination Conference, Roman Catholic woman priest, and there's a snap that's the survivors of those who have been abused by priests because we don't want to forget them. This issue certainly is, is not over with. But if I can just get back to the last group I mentioned <laughs> Roman Catholic woman priest. Back in 2002 on the Danube River, there was a Catholic bishop. And you have to remember now, he had to keep this secret because anyone that would ever find out that he ordained Catholic women that were there on this boat, 
to become either Catholic priests or those that wanted to become Catholic woman bishops. If this ever became known, well, obviously he would uh, be removed from the Catholic church. But what happened was he did ordain them. And for the Catholic woman, what is so important, explicitly those who were uh, ordained as Catholic woman bishops within our Catholic uh, ordination tradition, there's a term called apostolic succession. And that means like a linkage uh, back to Peter. Mm. So now that means those women that were ordained as women bishops, they as well can go on to ordain other women bishops, other women priests. And across the United States and now um, uh, as well, uh, you know, in, in Europe, um, this is happening. And uh, I see it as like a foretaste uh, of what our Catholic Church could be like when you realize there are women today that are women Catholic priests and women Catholic um, bishops. And um, they haven't reached Buffalo yet, but they're welcome to come. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, I think it, it, you know, it really gives you uh, a thought to pause and you can, you can see, you know, what could be in our church. And again, I want any of the listeners they're probably thinking, well, who is this lady? All she's been doing is bashing the church <laughs> one point after another. I uh, am a regular, uh, I'm a member of the laity. And that's awesome. I think it's awesome for you to be a part of this system, right? And still be willing to challenge that same system. Like you didn't totally jump out of the Catholic Church, you didn't find this research and say, you know what, I'm quitting. You said, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay present. This is still my faith. This is still my truth. And I'm going to challenge the inconsistencies with what I know to be true while staying. And I think that's a powerful notion. And that's also like, you're, you're just a wonderful guest to have because you're right at the heart of what I aim to do, right? I'm trying like cancel. We've created this idea of cancel culture that the moment that there is a problem, we leave, we we get out, we cut them off. Right. We separate ourselves. We and that's a popular thing in the millennial and Generation Z culture. And so I think you're just a representation of what it could be. Right. And, and it also is it's interesting. Those same people who are quick to cut off. And, and, and step out are the same people we need to be the most prevalent, right? For what you're saying is what the Catholic Church and the church in general really needs is the leadership that women have to offer. And it's, it's really powerful to see you represent that idea. You know, one of the, the main model of Comfort Free is to is question anything and challenge everything. And so you're saying I'm present and still challenging this system that I am in. Yes, thank you. And I do need your help, the millennials, because you're the ones that are going to bring new life into this church. And I can see that this can happen. Uh, you know, Vatican II said we are uh, the people of God, the laity. And I know, uh, obviously, that can sound like pie in the sky words. But if we really act on that and we make the hierarchy 
um, accountable, then things will change. Uh, when you think about why should the hierarchy change? No one is beating down their door. There's no pressure uh, from within. Uh, their constituents, their members, the laity, you know, no one is really uh, making things uncomfortable. But it's the whole idea, let's face it, if you are a member in the Catholic Church and you, you really, um, you stay in the church, like this could be considered, a, like you just said, it could be like a faith crisis after me mm -hmm. learning the specifics of the lying and the deceit and the cover up to hightail it out. But no, I love God. I love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes if the hierarchy could only get out of its way, we would have such a more vibrant um, church. Yeah. But when you seriously look at what is the hierarchy doing, are they mirroring Jesus's ministry of uh, love, of inclusion, and above all, of honesty? Hmm. Well, I mean, let's face it, if we get out of the uh, woman priest issue and go over to the press priest sexual abuse issue. Well, I mean, I, it's, it's unbelievable. I pick it on that and I just nowhere can understand how a bishop can say, oh, um, a priest, uh, that wasn't a criminal act. He raped a, a child. That was a sin. Mm. And because he sees it as a sin, then that offending priest doesn't have to be held accountable, obviously arrested, a trial and going, going to jail. And um, we, we need the laity seriously to wake up and realize, again, you're not breaking any laws and you need to speak up. And wow. this petition that I have is to wake up Rome, because as I do every podcast, I'm gaining on the number of people that are signing that petition. And awesome. if you yourself, you know, don't want to make a phone call or go out and pick it, it does get a little rough there, <laughs> wild. <laughs> um, well, then just please go over and look at the petition first. I mean, it's your okay. you know, decision. So can, you, can, you can you spell that out for the audience again? Uh, you mentioned it earlier. Um, but just like, just to repeat it for anyone who's still here catching, catching this part of it, where do we get to this petition? You said it oh, before. Yes. Uh, my website is your radical truth.com your radical truth.com. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, with that being said, so you, uh, we're, I'm, I'm about to close out. So like for a call to commission, if you're calling out to the millennial church, you're calling out to, to women in the church for to be the new age, to, to allow a new dawn, a new taste, a foretaste of what the church could be, to step up into these petitions, step up in investigating these things that you've mentioned about the history of the church and go verify this research for themselves so that they can Take, be a part of the conversation and that they can reclaim the power that Jesus meant for them to have to begin with. Is there any other closing thoughts that you have before we get out of here? No, just to say again that um, 
it's it's in your core and you can do it if we all get together and you know we want to see our church uh, more vibrant we really want jesus's ministry to be there instead of uh, a hierarchy that is doing the completely opposite then yes you can be a part uh, of you know making such a wonderful change and as well not only for yourself but for your children your your future grandchildren because uh, any woman in the church uh, does not deserve to be uh, have an unequal equality status mm. it's wow. just wrong wow well thank you margaret and for those still listening make sure to check out her book um, just to educate yourself and be able to cite some sources about the things that she's talking about. Do you want to repeat that book for us? Yes, it's Scandal in the Shadows, the original priest, Mother Mary. Wow, and that and is that available on Amazon and, and all? Uh, yes, it's on uh, Amazon. Okay. Well, all right. Thank you guys for sticking around. Once again, question anything, challenge everything. Have a good one. Okay, that's the end of this episode. If you like this kind of content and or just want to support me and what I'm doing, you can go to the entire video at Stereo.com slash comfort underscore free. Or you can support me on my Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash comfort free conversations. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash comfort free conversations. Thanks and catch you next time.